Welcome to Mighty House. This is a radio show for people with problems. Home improvement problems, that is. Send an email now to Robbie at MightyHouse.net or call into the show at 877-711-5611. From foundation leaks to roof repairs, the Mighty House team is on the job. You're, You're listening, listening to Mighty House. I'm Ron Cowgill. The Mighty House team is back. You can join us on Facebook Live right now, brought to you in part by Roofers and Waterproofers Local 11, Smart 265, Mr. Floor, and Mag Erad. We're broadcasting worldwide and live, MightyHouse.net, TuneIn.com. We're also on the Gab Radio Network. Just look for Mighty House Home Improvement Show. Podcasts and previous shows available at MightyHouse.net, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and on HomeImprovementUSA.com. Find links to all of them at MightyHouse.net. Video clips of the show are available at MightyHouse.net and on our Mighty House YouTube channel. And you can follow us on Facebook by looking for Mighty House Home Improvement Show. And our Twitter handle is at Mighty House. And if you give us a call on the Mr. Floor helpline of 877-711-5611, you will have a chance to win your choice of Mr. Floor cleaning products. They're all non-toxic and environmentally safe. And you can learn more at MrFloor.com. And you can join us on Patreon also if you want to help support the show a little bit. You can go to patreon.com slash Mighty House. And for a dollar a month, you'll support the show and you have a chance to win some Klein tools. And this month we have the curved uh, wire strippers crimpers that we're giving away at the end of the month. So free stuff. All you got to do. Free stuff is always good. Free stuff is always good. Go to patreon.com slash Mighty House right there. I just ignore when they talk about stuff that's like over my head. I'm like, which is what I'm going to do when you're going to be talking. Uh, wait a minute. I like free stuff. I like that idea. Well, thank you. So uh, you you kind of tracked some people down for today because we were talking about salts and what's good for the road. Yes. What's good for your sidewalk. Yes. And then um, you actually made like an effort. No, to... it was much easier than that. Oh, was it? My dear friend Bonnie oh. was listening. Oh, so she just said, And hey. she said, hey, I'm at the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District of Chicago. Okay. She goes, and we have scientists. And that blew me away, first of all. I said, <laughs> you have scientists who work there? Well, you would have to. It's not like you just filter the water and throw it back in the lake. No. Uh, well, well, you do. <laughs> I was trying to have Bonnie like, describe to me what the process is. I'm like, how can you filter the water... And get all of the Gook. germs out and then put it back in without putting like a chemical, like a bleach in the water. But that's a chlorine. A, well, yeah, that's you know. a that's a separate issue, but it is a separate <laughs> issue. And I'm I'm sorry. So anyway, Bonnie said, um, we have scientists that you can talk to. So she Bonnie did the whole thing. Oh. She emailed all of us, she emailed Jen and said, you know, let's get yeah. this together. So, so we what, have Jen. let's find out what Jen does. What do you do for the MWRD? Yeah, I'm an aquatic biologist. And, oh, gee. Uh, yeah. Aquatic I've biologist. worked for the Water Reclamation District of Greater Chicago for about 18 years now. Really? And I manage the section that's responsible for water quality monitoring and biological monitoring in the Chicago uh, Water Reclamation District service area. So the uh, Chicago, Calumet, and Des Plaines River systems. Okay, so is this a city organization? What is MWRD? No, we are an independent government uh, body. We're responsible for treating wastewater for the greater Cook County area. We okay. treat about 1.4 billion gallons a day. That's all? Uh, yeah, that's a, a, day. a tiny bit. A, a day? <laughs> yes, and we have the that's largest a- treatment plant in the, uh, in the world. Whoa! Really? In yeah. the world. Yeah. 
Wow. So, and okay, so the, it's a federal agency. What do you, what do you fall under? Then is it state? No, it's or? not federal or state. It's independent. Okay, so it's yeah. still an independent. Yeah, we were created um, a long time ago, before 1900, and okay. we reversed the flow of the Chicago River. And okay, among oh, other well highlights. <laughs> so for people who don't realize that, everybody in Chicago has heard that the river has been reversed. Why right. was the river reversed? Well, they had some public health issues. Obviously, we got our drinking water from Lake Michigan. And especially during storm events when uh, our intakes, the, the storm water, or basically back then the sewage would be washed into the lake and our intakes used to be a lot closer. Uh, and so there were some public health issues with cholera and other waterborne diseases. And by digging the Chicago Sanitary and Ship Canal, um, we were able to, in 1900, reverse the flow of the Chicago River away from the lake and down towards the Mississippi River Basin. Yeah. We send our nasty Shh, stuff Don't somewhere. tell. <laughs> <laughs> but now, of course, we have wonderful treatment, and, uh-huh. and they're not so angry about it, hopefully, anymore. <laughs> Could they ever say, switch it back? Uh, yeah, there is some discussion about that uh, with invasive species and um, mm-hmm. having that connection between the, the two basins. Um, can be a bit of a an issue for That's things like jumping, Asian carp yeah, and the yeah, fish, right? <laughs> the crazy Asian carp. Yes. Yeah. yeah. In Florida, there's walking catfish, right, Rich? Yes. That's just <laughs> good answer. <laughs> there, it's, no, it, that's just bizarre walking fish. It's yeah. not really true, is it? Anyway, yes. so we were talking. The reason that we have Jen is because the conversation we had was about salting all of our streets and sidewalks, and there were products we were talking about that are less harmful. Right. And that's, Propellant forty nine that nobody can find out what's in it. Right. Right. Yeah. So supposedly though that is uh, better for the. For the environment, and it's you know it doesn't burn mm. the dog's pet, your pads ah, or right. feet for your pets and all that stuff, and then it doesn't track into the house. So, huh. um, I've been using it for years, and then our buddy Mike Novak said, "Wait a minute, I can't find out what's in this." So I got him the uh, you know the MSD yeah. sheets, and it doesn't say exactly what's Uh-oh. in there, so yeah. that didn't help. Well, I have no idea either, You're so right. I can't help you. <laughs> so, um, but that's how we got on to all right. of this stuff because, you know, I, I, like I said, I've been using that stuff for years. Well, I mean, anybody from the Midwest knows that when you're salt in the streets, I mean, your cars are eaten away. The road salt destroys your vehicle. Uh-huh. Um, right. So then it's, why do we still use it when we know it does that? But is the road salts used in the winter, are they bad for our water? You know, or is that well, something easily treated of all the things? It probably is easiest. Yeah, so what we find, um, like I mentioned, we collect water quality data, and what we have found is increasing chloride trends in the waterways in the Chicago area and in most northern latitudes uh, from the 1970s to the early 2000s. Because once you um, put chloride in the water, it's very difficult to get it out. So you oh, have yeah. these increasing trends. And... Um, what we see both from our data and from reports from the United States Geological Survey and others uh, is that it, it has been increasing in rivers and streams and groundwater. Uh, once uh, It only takes about a teaspoon of salt to contaminate five gallons of, of water. So once you have that, um, there's obviously impacts on aquatic life. We have freshwater systems. They don't like salt. It's uh-huh. toxic to them. Uh, so you have uh, issues where increasing chlorides can impact uh, fish, invertebrates like mussels and little fingernail clams and other things that are important to the ecosystem. Huh. Well, yeah, because they, I mean, we put those in all our canals because they filter the water. Without those, it's amazing the difference in the water. So 
Again, why do they keep using salt? Is this a contract somebody wrote in 1910 we can't break? <laughs> yeah, right. We... I, I think it's just the easiest. It's probably the cheapest. Yeah, right. So so we've been using, in the United States, uh, sodium chloride salt for de-icing since the 1940s. And mm -hmm. as you mentioned, we still use in the U.S., I think it's um, just under 20 uh, million metric tons a year for de-icing. Um, and uh, salt is basically a, a really convenient product. It's efficient. It works to lower the freezing point of water, and it's inexpensive, relative, uh, relatively inexpensive. So basically the reason we're still using it is to protect public health and safety and make sure the, the roads are clear. And uh, the Federal Highway Administration reports that about 23% of accidents every year occur during inclement weather, so it is an important aspect of, of um, you know, helping with public, public yeah, health. So yesterday, uh, we're, there's supposed to be some snow coming down right, uh, this, right. today. So uh, yesterday, I'm driving around, and I'm following these trucks that are just, it's like they're priming the roads now. They, I don't right. know what... What what are they putting yeah. down? Do you know what that is? It's but yeah. it's like this big. Is tank. it the liquid deicer? Yeah, and they're they're spraying the roads. Right. Now. So uh, what happens is if they use a um, it's called anti icing. If they get ahead of a storm and anticipate it, they can put a brine solution on the water, and that helps prevent uh, the bond from forming between the pavement and the ice. Okay. And then when they do plow, it it's a lot cleaner of a plow. Um, so. So the prime, not, they are priming the roads. Right, so. yeah. If they can do that, that's that's ideal. It helps decrease the amount of salt they need to use, both by pre-wetting and by the anti-icing before okay. a storm. Okay, so it is helping with the amount of salt they have to use. Yeah, right? that's a, one of the best management practices that they can use. Okay. Uh, so the main thing is just we're I thought they were at, just trying to rot my truck even faster. I know, I know, right? Because that, well, that stuff that, that was misting all over, I'm like, I don't want yeah, to follow right. this. But. Well, the, the important thing is using salt in the right amount at the right time and the right place. And mm -hmm. that way we can uh, at least decrease the amount that we're using. Um, and that's one of the best management practices to help to help do that and help keep a lot of that salt out of our rivers and streams. Because once you put it on the roads and the sidewalks, most of it ends up yeah. washing in one way or another to the rivers. Yeah, excellent. All right, uh, we're with Jen, and how do you say your last name? Wasik. Wasik, okay. I was afraid to take, take, the, <laughs> take the easy shot there. And you are from the MWRD, and yes. uh, you can hang out for a second? Yeah, sure. Okay, we'll take Thanks. a quick break, and we'll talk uh, a little bit more about what you should be spreading around on your sidewalks and, and roadways. So. Manure. Oh, act, look at you. Biosolids. There you go. We'll be back right after this. House will return. Lisa, if you don't like your job, you don't strike. You just go in every day and do it really half-assed. That's the American way. It's Mighty House. Call Mighty House now at 877-711-5611 and get advice from the experts themselves. This is Mighty House. You can follow us on Facebook by looking for Mighty House Home Improvement Show and our Twitter handle is at Mighty House and you can use the hashtag Mighty House. Uh, the newsletter, Rich, if somebody wanted to sign up for the newsletter, Rich, how could they do that? Go over to MightyHouse.net. Click on the Contact Us page. First, last name, email address, and click on Boom Done. You'll know what's going on every day, week. Yes, that's right. And Especially if I look at the right date on the calendar. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, luckily, I we had a little read. little mistake this week. Yeah. And of course, you can give us a call on the Mister Floor Helpline. It's eight seven 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 one one five six one one. 
you will have a chance to win your choice of Mr. Floor cleaning products. They're all non-toxic and environmentally safe. And you can learn more at MrFloor.com. All right. It's time to turn the show over to the uh, professional announcer. Yes, here For he the is. Mighty House Radio Show. Fresh meat, go. Thank you. Every day, mistakes are made by untrained employees of unlicensed contractors who take advantage of homeowners who are looking for a good deal and to save a few bucks. Roofers and waterproofers, local 11 contractors, put their customers first by employing men and women who go through extensive hands-on classroom and on-the-job training. The difference between a union and a non-union contractor is the fact that a union contractor is a contributing contractor, which means that the union contractor invests in his employees' training, family health care, retirement, and professional standing in the industry. So if you're looking for a contractor, choose union labor and be part of the solution. Visit RoofersLocal11.org for more information. Excellent. Great job. There You're you the go. best. That's a wonderful job. He, he is a professional. Even with the disheveled hair, it was great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It's just not gelled. It's not disheveled. It's perfect. It's, per- it's just not gelled. Oh, okay. is that what it is? Yes. Okay. And I want to give out the phone number one more time because, as always, we have two experts with us in that- home improvement. But today we have an expert in the science of clean water. Sure, How's that? that? Okay, thank oh you. God, sounded great. Okay, I have to make it simple for people I like, like me. Um, so, if you have a question, anything about the Metropolitan Water Reclamation District, the the river, eight seven 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 one one five six one one. We're talking about salting our streets and sidewalks and how that's affecting the water in Chicago. But you, anybody, can call and ask any question about. The water here. Sure, sure, yeah. I um, didn't know that, but okay, I'll do that. I can sure. answer a question. <laughs> well, you, know, you never, you never know. Um, so, okay, so now we were talking before the break there. Uh, they're they're mixing like a salt water solution, a brine. Right. And they're now priming the roads with that versus just coming through, anticipating a snow event, and then throwing salt all over the place. Right. So there's a lot of best management practices and there's watershed groups in the district that do whole-day workshops for contractors that do de-icing and municipalities, public works folks. But mm-hmm. I also have some tips for just average homeowners. Sure. Please. Well, because, um, you know, people, there are a lot of, like, uh, condo associations, uh, townhome associations where they're, they're responsible for that stuff. And, you know, they have, right. they have the same issues. So right. how can they, how can they uh, make sure that all the people that are in their neighborhood are safe and aren't going to fall but also, you know, look look with an eye towards the environment and make sure we're not just right. destroying all the plants and stuff in the area. Yeah, well, first, and I guess most obviously people around here probably know this, but um, you don't salt the snow. You have to actually still shovel the snow. It's not replacement for shovel. So you shovel your snow and then <laughs> and you, and then you laugh, would put. But well, <laughs> now that's just that's crazy. <laughs> right. I want to come up and just like spray stuff. I want liquid snow shovel. You spray it on and it just There you go. Melts. Liquid snow shovel. Right. That's yeah. what but we But if you need. just moved up here from Florida or something, you don't know it. So you... <laughs> but if my porch is icy. Right. And I sprinkle salt on it, yes. it's going to melt the ice. Yes, that's the idea. Um, it should melt the ice. It lowers the freezing point. Um, so you shovel first and you put your, your ice or your salt down. Uh, the biggest mistake people make is they use too much salt. So more salt doesn't mean more melting, unfortunately. There's a, a tipping point there where um, you have a certain amount that you put <laughs> down, and beyond that, you're pretty much just wasting your money and your salt. Really? So, uh-uh. um, 
because because uh, uh, then it, because all that all that salt that doesn't melt then that becomes yeah. granulated so then that's like extra traction. Yes. Uh, yeah, I guess that's some, one See, way to look at it. But it just no, gets you just track right it in, in the, the house. River, then. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, oh, sure, it ends up in the house. Yeah, and if you want else. some traction, just use some sand, which doesn't uh, melt, but at least you get a little. Well, traction. it stays there longer. Yeah. Then. Right. Right. Okay. So but, what's the formula? So the the salt basically, if you have a twelve ounce coffee mug of salt, that's actually enough for about 10 sidewalk squares or an average 20 foot long driveway. So no you just, way. the key is that you need um, to spread it pretty evenly. You can't just kind of toss it out there from inside. You have uh-huh. to be a little bit careful, but it goes a long way in um, efficiency. You want to avoid clumping so that you have it evenly spread. And um, then if you go outside and the ice is melted and you still have a bunch of salt, you probably put down too much. And then you can sweep it up and collect it for next time. You want to not sweep it into your lawn and your landscaping because those plants don't really like the salt, especially that's, repeated applications. Mike Novak says that's how you get crabgrass. Yeah. Lots right. of salt. Or yeah. Really? Right. Yeah. So I have to go salt my yard? Yes. Yeah. If you want crabgrass. Yeah, he does. Down, there. down here, that's all we grow is crabgrass. Oh. I spent 50 years in Chicago trying to kill it. Now I'm trying to get it to grow. <laughs> well, so, wow. I yeah. can't. I can't speak to that, but okay. But you don't want to put it in your lawn uh, if you can avoid it. So if you can sweep it up and recollect it and use less the next time, then then okay. that'll keep it out of the rivers and streams. So that's good. Sure. Yeah. And um, also, um, you if it's less than fifteen degrees Fahrenheit, your typical sodium chloride formulation is not going to work. It's okay. not going to melt the ice. Whoa! So, whoa! 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 Yeah. yeah, this is a big one. Yep. Yeah, the temperature got to be up a little. Yeah, so, so right now, I can't put salt out. It won't make a difference. Oh, it's 30 uh, it's degrees there. Above 15 right now, Fahrenheit. But if, oh. it's, if it's below 15 or below zero for that matter, you're going to need to look into a, a different product, yeah, something like a calcium or magnesium chloride, or there's others on the market. Um, the salt, uh, sodium chloride will just be, be wasted if you put it down. So are those products then better, those that go lower to use those? Um, uh, it's better in the in the colder weather. They are a little more expensive. So they're well, not, they still have chloride, so it still okay. has an impact on the on the waterway. So you still want to minimize the amount that you use. Okay, I was going to say, are those safer then than the, than the regular salt, you know, yeah, the in, rock salt? Yeah, in colder weather, they are... They are um, they work more better. effective, but not necessarily safer for the, for the water environment. Okay. Can Got you it. clarify one more time? I'm sorry. If it's above or below? Yeah, it's 15, a 15 degrees, degrees Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. If it's That's above that? If it's above that, you can use your typical sodium chloride okay. formulation. If it's below is, that, it won't work? Right. Cause, Why? Because salt water freezes. Yeah, like so so other formulations... Um, that you can that you can get on the market are are better for you can use them in zero hmm. or even negative ten or so. Some areas in Minnesota, Wisconsin, they don't even use any salt formulations because it's always too right. cold. <laughs> it just yeah, it just doesn't work. Yeah, right. And but that they're throwing a lot of sand and stuff yeah. like that too for yeah, traction, and right? sand works for the traction. It just doesn't melt the the right. ice. So so what's the best thing for us to do to save the water? Yeah, it's just if we the, need don't to, use it. Right, right don't right. use it. You could not use it. Um, obviously, just being out and being more careful when you're driving and walking around. But the reality is, um, the best thing to protect the public and have that high level of service. I got is it. Is just to minimize the amount you use. So yeah. uh, that's really a win-win-win situation. It's um, you spend less money, you use less salt, less gets in the streams and rivers, and um, less gets on your car and ruins your 
infrastructure and your shoes and everything else. So, so here's what you do. Golf shoes. <laughs> right. You, you want no slipping, no falling. Right. Or it, boot chains exist. Yeah. Boot chains, yeah. yeah. I've seen those too. Yeah, they have like little metal grippers on there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, like your, uh, this, those pads things, those boot protectors. Those were cool. <laughs> that you, That's a little off topic. We could talk no, about that No, but you could have that same system with the bottom is the, the, tra- the chain. So you just step in them. Yeah. They go around your boots and then off you go. I do sometimes right. have those, the chain. It's not a chain, though. It's a, more of a teeth. Uh-huh. Not a, and those are really cool. Yeah? Yeah, for walking the dog. So when they pull you down the street, you oh. have some Is that traction. code for something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my secret signal to Bonnie. Interview's <laughs> almost over. You can go back to what you were doing. I like that. Actually... <laughs> Bonnie's the kids who clap when they hear me talk. Oh, it's a very yeah. cute little thing that we do. Yeah. When they listen to the radio and they hear somebody say Robbie, then they clap once. Aww. If they hear me talk, then they clap. Whatever. Clap twice. That's I just cute. had to uh-huh. get that in. Um, <laughs> so we can't do anything to avoid using salt. Well, there's we um, can still yeah. we still need it. Right. There's alternatives, but they all have implications. I know beet juice is one that you hear a lot about now. Mm-hmm. Um, some people don't like the reddish brown color that it sprays around, but there's also white beet juice. Um, but beet juice has sugars in it that uh, also get in the river, and that's food for bacteria. So then, the bacteria so is, consume dissolved oxygen. So it has its own which one's water better? Quality implications. Would you rather see people use beet juice or salt? It's kind of a, a trade-off, I guess. It depends Aww. whether you have more of a dissolved oxygen or a chloride problem in your waterway. So it might be kind of site-specific. But I believe um, beet juice. Maybe a little bit more of an expensive product, and I don't know if there's enough beet juice in the world for <laughs> all of the Chicago streets and sidewalks, but I yeah. haven't done the math on that, but I'm not sure. All right, <laughs> so we're talking to uh, Jen Wasik, and you are from the MWRD, and uh, we're talking a little bit about the what you should be putting on your your sidewalks and stuff, and uh, we got about two minutes left here. So uh, all this stuff washes into the Chicago River. Does it come down to you, or are you, are you guys uh-huh. managing? Stormwater, or are you just managing the uh, the, the 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 sewer system? Well, it, what what, what yeah, part are you are you in charge of? The district actually manages both stormwater for the Greater Cook County area and um, store and sewage treatment. Okay, um, but the the salty water after a big storm winter storm can come to the water in a variety of ways. It can be through storm sewers. It can be through overland runoff. Or in the combined sewer systems in in and around Chicago, right. that water can be brought into the combined sewer system, brought back to the treatment plants, and of course, conventional treatment doesn't remove chlorides. We're not desalination plants. We're not doing reverse osmosis. So okay. um, then, after we treat the water, um, there would still be chlorides in the water. And but beet juice would be better then, because beet juice wouldn't be in the water, right? Yeah, it could be better. Um, it just has some. Uh, it, it would probably come out better in the treatment process so if, if they were using it right so we got to grow more beets maybe that's the idea there yeah you go. well they grow plenty of sugar beets but they use it for sugar yeah yeah that's important too <laughs> yeah <laughs> we need our sugar yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly all right well i appreciate your time today thank, thank you very thanks much for joining us yeah, have and, fun. Uh, thanks if, if, uh, do you have a website if people want to find out more information? Uh, our website is mwrd.org, um, and there's also another website called uh, saltsmart.org that you can go to to find out more about salt. Excellent. All right. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you. See, I work construction. I build things. I don't know if you all realize the 
pressure a man like me's got on him. This is Mighty House. You should you should tell uh, you should tell Trixie to give her the uh, parting gifts. One of those parting gifts. I hope she got a parting sure. gift. A bubbler. Randall, yeah. hurry! Did she get a parting gift? We'll, we'll we're we're gonna check right now. Yeah. Some, sometimes Trixie doesn't remember. She gets chatty in there and doesn't remember to do that. So. Chatty? Chatty, yes. Oh, chatty. She, she runs her own little show back there. You know, she's got her own separate show that she's doing. We could actually record that, too. But she won't let us. So that's the You way needed to record yesterday. <laughs> Are you sure about that? Trying to get Lucy Live Light and the internet and everything else you put on my computer that you broke it today. What do you mean? No. You wore it out so much that it said, I need a break. Well, you do need to plug it in once in a while. And yesterday I said, do you want to plug it in? And you said, no, we don't need to do that. I didn't yesterday. Uh-huh. But today? Uh-huh. Today I need to plug it and in. And why don't you have the cord? Uh-huh. See? See how you You know what? You can join us on uh, Facebook Live right now. Brought to you in part by Roofers and Waterproofers Local 11, Smart 265, Mr. Floor, and Mag Red. You can follow us on Facebook by looking for Mighty House Home Improvement Show. And our Twitter handle is at Mighty House. And if you give us a call on the Mr. Floor helpline, it's 877-711-5611. And you will have a chance to win your choice of Mr. Floor cleaning products. They're all non-toxic and environmentally safe. And you can learn more at MrFloor.com. And we've got all of our uh, the tips of the week, other uh, clutter clarity, other little things that we put together um, that we post up on YouTube. And so I was on there. I, I actually created playlists. So... If you want to watch all the clutter clarities, you can just click on that playlist and watch all the clutter clarities. You can do the same thing for the tips of the week. Um, and then I put a, created a separate one for just how-to videos. So I went, st- I started adding all of these up. Yeah. Robbie, Robbie, guess how many videos we have on YouTube? I think Richard's probably got a good idea. I I'm, I'm think you're going to be surprised. Oh, I never have a good idea. Ah! Okay. ask anybody. Go ahead. How many? How many videos do you think we have up there? 25. Okay. Rich, your number? Oh, I'd say closer to 80 or 90. There. he's See, Rich was close. As of, as of yesterday, there are 96 different how-to videos on our YouTube page. Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's seriously, if you open up the folder I have for tips of the week. Uh-huh. It's, there's probably 350. And just at, just doing one tip of the week per page. I I could write a novel. Yes. Yes. Although I don't write well. I write more like instruction manuals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You and Bob from Northbrook. Yeah. <laughs> Get Bob to write it for you. <laughs> It'll, it, you could use it for uh, putting your kids to sleep at night. Perfect. <laughs> True story. Yeah, true dat. Okay. True dat. So if you want, go to YouTube. Just uh, do a quick search for Mighty House. Subscribe to the page right there. Every time we put up a, uh, a new video, you'll be able to uh, get notified so you know when uh, we put up something new. We just did one on LED wafer lights that Rich and I did uh, a couple weeks ago. We just put that one up. And um, so obviously you can do all the tips of the week and clutter clarities in there too. So uh, YouTube. Slash Mighty House. Go subscribe. What's a wafer? I don't know. What a is wafer? A, what, what a wafer? A wafer light. Very you said thin a wafer. LED light. Yeah, as opposed to a can light that could be four to seven inches tall. A wafer light is five eighths of an inch tall. 
And we actually show on on the on the video too on YouTube. We show you all the different styles. Can you hear the lawnmower? That's not a snow yes. thrower. That's a lawnmower. Yes, I, I hear the lawnmower in the background. Yes, my studio is not quite soundproof. <laughs> That's all right. And with a new microphone, it picks up more. Yes, it does. So, but you, you got to understand in the middle of January to hear a lawnmower running. That's not a bad sound to listen yep. to. That that's that's okay. That's well, it okay. sounds just like a snow thrower. It could, yes, it could. It could sound like that also. Yeah, which you'll be using later. So go figure. Yes, yes, I will be. So there you go. Okay. Um, so wafer lights, hmm. just a thin LED light replaces your recessed lighting, your can lights, and you can uh, install those pretty much anywhere in the ceiling. And and they they'll go underneath soffits in the in the basements, all kinds of stuff like that. So they're they're great lights to install. There were a couple. If I I hope I didn't just cut you off. Nope. There were a couple questions on um, Facebook Live, Rich, uh, uh-huh. that you answered. Can mm-hmm. you ask those? Can you read those questions on air and talk about them? You want to ask them? Go back to them. Pardon. Sure. Yeah. What did you go back to them? Yeah, if you could, because. We'll start out with a listener asking if it's necessary to insulate the ceiling in your basement. Good question. Uh huh. Good question. And And then, so if you just. I'm sorry. There's no need to insulate the ceiling in your basement. It'd be no different. Do you ever insulate your first floor ceiling if you have a two story house? You don't. Because it's inside the building envelope, it is not necessary. But if you wanted to insulate it for sound deadening, then it's maybe worth doing. Yes. Well, so and then R11 open face, in other words, unfaced insulation. Yeah, no paper on it. No paper. So just put that up there in the joist space, and that will stop the sound waves. Yes. But not the conduction of sound because that'll come through your wood floor and joist. So the other thing is, Rockwool does a better job of sound deadening than fiberglass too. So uh, mm-hmm. Rockwool is also a little bit better to to use. It's less itchy. Yeah, it's not and, itchy. So um, it, that's a little bit better. Now, around the perimeter where the basement ceiling meets the foundation, that you do want to insulate. And you go into a home that was any older than 70s, and there's a good chance it's not even insulated there. So Correct. You should go well, around. Well, and even the newer homes I mean, that you build up to a few years ago, they would put they'd cut pieces of bat insulation and put them in the rim joist and it was kind of useless too. Yes. It just filters the air as it comes through. Yeah. So, so then the next question on that was, okay, so if I'm going to insulate that, but I don't want it to touch my can lights. Right. That's that's kind of true. But if you can figure out the model number and if it has an IC in the model number, that means it's rated for insulation contact, which means you can put it tight. Yep. So, you want that, but the other thing, and again, I would—it's just that tricky thing, slippery slope. If it's not rated for insulation contact, if it's not IC rated, however, if you put an LED bulb in there, mm-hmm. I would assume that it would become harmless because LED bulbs don't generate heat like incandescent bulbs. Correct. Correct. But because it's not rated for that, you didn't hear that from me. Well, and the problem is somebody could come back later, swap that LED bulb, and put the regular bulb back in, and now you've got a right. problem. So. Right, you and know, that's why I agree. So, yeah, so the, the the quick, easy way to find out, uh, your your IC-rated cans in general are going to be silver on the can part. That the, It'll be silver. Any uh, just thermally-rated can, a TC can, is going to have a white uh, can to it. So 
And a quick reference to look, you know, you can just look, take a quick look at it and go, oh, that's a white can. Okay, that can't be uh, in contact with, um, with, with the insulation. If it's silver, there's a good chance it can be. Just double check your, your labels in there. So I see. I see. Yeah. No, yeah. I see. I see. No, not I see. I see. <laughs> I understand. Oh, yeah. So your TC cans, you, you got to, I think, I can't even, I haven't used them in so long. I can't remember how far. I think it's three inches you have to be away from insulation with a TC. I don't know, but the problem when you do that, though, is it creates a, it's, you, there's no sense in insulating anything if you're going to leave holes around holes. Sure, sure. And so if, to it, me, it's like that's just silliness. And if you're using a regular can light in an in a ceiling, and it is insulated attic space above, you're going to want to use an airtight can. So right. you want to use a, a, airtight uh, can lights for those. Then you can install those. The insulation goes right up against it, and you're fine. Boom, done. So yeah. uh, to go back to the rim joist around the perimeter. You can you can uh, buy foam board and cut the foam out, and then you put the the two inch foam board and you put uh, pieces in there, and then you can caulk that in and seal each each one in, or you can just uh, buy the spray foam, and they make the uh, spray packs uh, two hundred board feet, and you can it's got, it comes with two cans. You mix it up, and you'd have a little wand and you go whoosh, 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 spray yourself a couple inches How in do you there, do that? like nice. that. And you and you go around and you spray that. That way you don't have to try and worry about cutting foam board around all the pipes and everything that are up in there, in, right. in those areas. So the spraying the the insulation in is is a really good, easy way to get it done, and that'll make a huge difference in uh, in the way the air flows through your house if you air seal that basement up. Yeah, I don't disagree. They just don't put basements in. <laughs> yeah, you don't insulate your basements at all, do you? No. Never. We don't even put thermal protection. No two-inch R10 foam at, at grade. Because the ground is warm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> water comes out of the ground. Our water comes out of our faucets at 70, 70 degrees, 75 degrees. Oh, my. So it's actually kind of funny because, you know, like a water heater, when we're t sizing tankless water heaters and you look at that chart, you have to look at a 70-degree rise to, or, or 50-degree rise. Yes. i got to look at a 30-degree rise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So how do you get cold water out of the tap? Yeah, right? You don't. <laughs> you have to have a, a water chillers just to cool just the water Just to get down. cold water out of your tap. Right. Well, that's why everything, everything comes through your refrigerator, right? So. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yes, ma'am. What do you call 100 people waiting in line at the DMV? Daily? 100 people waiting. What do what you call What do you call 100 people waiting in line at the DMV? Uh, 200 board feet. Yeah. Oh, I made that up. <laughs> you didn't make that I up. I just did. That's a good one, sister. I, all right. Good job. Because as soon as he said 200 board feet, I'm like, there's a joke in there. I got to figure it out. It took me a while to figure out how many people would be 200 board feet, though. <laughs> Well, you always get that one guy that's missing a leg, right? That's yeah, I mean, so what do you call 99 people standing in line at the DMV? <laughs> 200 board feet. I there got rich go. to giggle. <laughs> yeah, that's No, a that is a good joke, Thank actually. You. Okay, so somebody, we're going to go back real quick. Uh, Kathleen mm -hmm. said, you can't change bulb or ever change bulb type with wafer lights, question mark? There is no There is, there is no, no bulb. bulb. It is an LED. 
It's done. Fixture. Period. You you put it in. It's done. You're you're you don't ever have to go back and change it. It'll last 25, 30 years. There is and, no bulb to change. There's nothing to do. You, you put it in, it, you don't ever have to worry about it. And where do you put a wafer light? Anywhere, Anywhere you, want. you want. So it's not like a light bulb in a lamp. Nope. It's it's like putting in a candle. If you're going to do a oh, recessed okay. light, okay. instead of doing the recessed light, you put in one of these wafer lights. And it'll never go bad. And go to YouTube. Uh, look for Mighty House. You can watch the little video there, and we talk all about how the how they go in. So Thanks, Kathleen. Right. All right. We'll be back right after this with Quarter Clarity. This is Mighty House. Mighty House will return. You see this hammer in my hand? Yeah, I'm going to find that sad finder. What does it look like? And a level. What is a level? Don't you know what a level is? Yeah, it's something you advance to in a video game. It's Mighty House. Call Mighty House now at 877-711-5611 and get advice from the experts themselves. This is Mighty House. Podcasts and preview shows available at MightyHouse.net, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and on HomeApprovementUSA.com. Find links to all of them at MightyHouse.net. And you can join us on Patreon. Just go to Patreon.com slash MightyHouse. And if you sign up there, basic uh, dollar a month will get you a chance to win the uh, Klein Tool of the Month. And uh, every month we give away different tools. We're doing the Curved Handled Wire Strippers Crimpers this month. And it'll also give you access to... uh, other information that we were only posting in videos that we're only posting on Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash mighty house for more information there. And you can give us a call on the Mr. Floor helpline. It's 877-711-5611. And you will have a chance to win your choice of Mr. Floor cleaning products. They're all non-toxic and environmentally safe. And you can learn more at mrfloor.com.com. Hi, Gene. And if somebody wanted to uh, get a hold of the newsletter, Rich, how can they do that? Go to mightyhouse.net. Go to the contact page, put first, last name, email address, and click on Boom Done. <laughs> That's excellent. It is excellent. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's let's dance, dance, dance. Let's dance, dance. This Clutter Clarity is powered by Mr. Floor Cleaning Products. you have a disarrangement disorder? Can't seem to get that jumbled hodgepodge pile of chaos in one place? Maybe it's time for a little disposal, a little cleanup, a little eradication, evacuation, liquidation, and purification. Here's Robbie with a tip, but I'll just put some, put some neatness into your disorder. This is Clutter Clarity on Mighty House. Save me from this prison. This prison. Lord, help me get, get away. away. Cause only you can save me now from this misery I've been lost in my own place and I'm getting weary How far is heaven? I know that I need to change my ways of living What I can tell you is Clutter Clarity is powered by Mr. Floor. Mr. Floor cleaning products are all non-toxic and environmentally safe. And you can learn more at MrFloor.com. All yours, sister. All right. So 
There are some questions that you can ask yourself when you're going through your house and looking at items. A couple things you can think of is, would I rebuy this item? So it's like, do I need it? Do I use it? Would I rebuy the item? So you know those little splatter guards you put in your microwave? Huh? Okay, so let's say you're cooking bacon. My tater cooker? <laughs> Chef Mike? Not your tater cooker. You mean you mean the uh, The little covered... plastic lid that yeah. you put in your microwave. Yeah. I would not buy one again because... because... It splatters. That way you get the splatter. You can take that. You wash that in the sink instead of having to wash the whole microwave down. Right, but it's just an extra piece. So it's either sitting in the microwave, it's sitting on top of the microwave, it gets dirty, people don't wash it. Just wash the microwave. This is my personal yeah, but thing. See, but see, when you get the sketty in there and then it, it starts to pop and the sketty is splattering uh, tomato juice all over the place, it's better to have that self-contained splatter. Possible. I'm just saying, from my point of view, that's a question I ask myself. Would I buy it? No. Yes. No, we, because we have several. I, okay. You don't need several. Yes, because one's always in the dishwasher. Okay, so then you would need two. You don't need several. <laughs> it's, it, several is more than one. No, it's not. Less than three. Okay. So these are some of the questions you ask. And Ron needs one. I don't need one. Because I'm a splattering mess. <laughs> A lot of people say you take the damp paper towel and you put it on top because then you're bringing the moisture back into the food and it keeps the splatter away. So okay. there's there's just options. I'm but, just... That, but that's wasteful paper, wasting paper then. No, because then you have the damp paper, which you can then clean something else with. <laughs> As somebody would say, pull that answer out of my pocket. Right. Okay. So would it impact my life not to have it? So, for example, yes. this is what you would ask yourself. Do any of you in this studio have ice skates? That I wear? I do not have ice skates. Uh, do you have ice skates? Not that you wear or not the, wear. Do in you? the house, yes. Yes. Okay. Do you wear them? No, because they're not mine. Okay. Does the owner of the... You, whatever. You're a hockey player. That's different. But let's say you keep ice skates and maybe once every other year you go ice skating. Uh-huh. Okay, ice skates are kind of chunky. A little. Yeah. So, granted, you are a hockey player. I apologize for the specific example. But maybe if I had a pair of ice skates and, you know, once a year or less often I would go skating, mm -hmm. I would just rent them. Sure. You Ag know? Agreed. Right. Agreed. So, again, this is just it's like some... bowling shoes. Yes, exactly. And see, now you're asking the wrong family. You know, over <laughs> here, I'm, I'm a Polish person in Chicago. We yeah. bowl. You that, know, that's what you do. So, yeah. So how many ice skates do you have? I have three different pairs. That doesn't sound unreasonable. No, I have one for if I play a forward or defenseman, I have my goalie skates and then I have my backup goalie skates. Well, there you go. That sounds very reasonable. So in your case, you would need them all. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe somebody who camps a lot, you know, mm -hmm. they could have an argument for having a lot of camping gear. But maybe the argument could be if you have a lot of camping gear, but you haven't camped in forever since the kids were little, maybe donate it, sell it, and then just borrow camping gear. Well, that's the thing, though. Like, let's say you do have your own camping gear. Let's say. And you haven't used it in a while. Okay, fine. But who do you know that has camping gear if you do get rid of it? That's the one thing to kind of think about. Is, My husband. <laughs> do, you have a, do you have a camping gear rental uh, stand at your house? Hi. No, but if you called and said, hey, I'm going camping with my buddies, mm -hmm. we'd 
we would, what do you okay. call it when you suit somebody up with camping gear? What do you call those? Outfit? outfit. We would outfit you. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Not the greatest example, but I'm just saying in general, who, you know. No, that is a great example. What do you mean not the greatest example? <laughs> On my no, end. No. Okay. Yeah. Because that is a great example. So I'm just saying, look at your items. For example, uh-huh. I have this pair of ski pants. They're very cute. They make my butt look nice. Okay. But you don't ski. But you still can't ski. (laughs) I don't ski. (laughs) And not only do they make my butt look nice and I can't ski, but they're too small. But I've been saving them because one day. day They're going to fit. One day, A, they're going to fit, and I'm going to get the call to go skiing, and boy, am I going to look cute sitting at the fire. <laughs> at least you're honest. So I gave them to but my- But you can rent your skis, and you can rent your boots. Mm-hmm. It's like you and can pick finding... your nose, and you can pick your friends. Yeah. So but you can't pick your family. I have a family that goes, they do it, they're all their family, all their siblings and everything, and there's like 30 people, they all go skiing, so I'm like- I really love these ski pants, but why don't you guys take them? And then if I ever decide to go skiing, then I can borrow them, but I might never fit into these pants anyway. But anyway, so look at the items that you have. Do you own something similar? How many black T-shirts do you have? Many. Yes. Okay, but not like a rock T-shirt? Yes, mine says the loop. Yeah. (laughs) And do you sometimes look at... You sometimes go in your drawer of T-shirts, and maybe there's one that you never pull out because it's faded, perhaps. Like if you line My up all your shirt. black oh. T-shirts, you could line them up by black all the way down to fuzzy, pilly gray. So maybe there's something in your, and maybe black T-shirts are a bad example. But maybe there's something that every time you open your drawer, you're like, uh, no, and you put it back. Uh, no. Why are you putting it back? Why aren't you using this? Well, that's because if I wear it, then the wife will throw it out when it goes through the laundry. Exactly. She's going to see the hole in it and go. (laughs) It's a rag now. Yes, it's a rag now. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I generally a rag now. Generally, with t-shirts, I do a good a goodwill run once a year. There you go. But if there's something that you're just pulling out and then putting back because you're like, "Mm, don't feel like wearing it, you don't feel ever like wearing it. To be continued. To be continued. We'll be back right after this.